Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. We live in a world of endless abundance where there's so much value creation that can happen, so many synergies, we can work together. I don't have to step on you to get to the next level. We can both get there together. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gathers, and each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. Good people, welcome to True Prescription Podcast. Today I had the uh, pleasure of talking to Chris Bello. Chris is a a native New Yorker who now lives in Houston. Well, I guess he's not native. He was born in New York, born in Brooklyn, actually, represent. And uh, he now lives in Houston, went the traditional path. And as most people on my show, left the traditional path. <laughs> and now he's he's an entrepreneur. Uh, he's a real estate investor. And he's a host of his uh, own podcast called Entrepreneur Motivation. You can check him out at chrisbello.com. So we got into this conversation. It was a very good conversation, um, very synergistic, a lot of, lot of synergy between Chris and I. For his personal truth, he talked about how he realized that he did not need to live inside the box. And it's, it's something that I talk about often where, you know, when we're born and we go through our, the educational system, everybody's kind of telling us what to do, where to go, where to be, what to learn. You go to your job, they tell you where to go, what your tasks are. And really putting you in a in a box, in a framework to, to work with it. And he realized, and I think a lot of us who are entrepreneurs realize that, you know what, I don't need to live inside that box and I can actually be successful outside the box. Um, and again, that's no knock or I'm not denigrating people that work a, a nine to five. It has nothing to do with that. It's more about really serving what's inside of you. And if you've got something inside of you that's burning, saying, I don't want to be here or that I've got other things that I feel like I'm put here to do, then you got to go for it and not be afraid to step outside the box. And for his professional truth, he discovered that he needed to take 100% ownership for himself, for his life, for his journey. Completely agreed. I think that once you take ownership, even when things happen around you that may, quote, not be in your control, you still can see a path forward. Well, I could have done this differently. Uh, well, sometimes you couldn't have done anything differently, but it just allows you to know that, all right, well, this thing happened. I'll move a little bit differently. It, it essentially always, always, always brings everything back to you. And in that sense, you're never stuck and you never feel like a victim. We talked about, in terms of questions, we went through abundance versus a scarcity mindset. We talked about growing an audience and some some techniques and tools he used to do that. 
We talked about his motto, which is less dreaming, more doing, and how folks who are stuck in the dreaming phase can get to to doing. We talked about productivity and the importance of a foundational schedule. And lastly, we we discussed when is the optimal time for someone to quit their job. <laughs> for for you entrepreneurs who are listening, who is who are thinking about this, and we we both talk about our successes and and failures in that uh, in that arena. So I hope you enjoy the show. Close your eyes and open your ears, and uh, let's get it. Welcome back, True Prescription. I don't remember what episode it is as usual, but <laughs> today I have the pleasure of. Uh, Talking to my buddy, uh, hailing from, uh, well, he's actually born in New York, but living in Houston right now, Mr. Chris Bello. What's up, Chris? What's up, Dr. G? How are you? Man, doing well, doing well. Let me tell the people a little bit about you. Now, Chris, what part of New York were you born in? In the city or somewhere else? I was born in Brooklyn. At least that's what my parents, my birth yeah, my birth certificate apparently says that. But I've been <laughs> used in my whole life, so okay. I didn't really even know New York until I visited back in 2015. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm also a, a born and born and raised in Brooklyn, but you know, people okay, people okay. forget Michael Jordan was born in Brooklyn, you know, although he grew That's up in awesome. North Carolina. You know, so there's a lot he of was greatness. Born in Brooklyn. <laughs> That's right. A lot of greatness coming out of Brooklyn. You and I are here to to prove that today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We we're gonna be representations of that, Chris, for sure. Absolutely. So Chris, you know, he went the traditional round, went to college, studied supply chain management, you know, got a corporate job, had some epiphanies, left the corporate job. And now he's a podcaster and real estate investor, among other things. So I'm happy to have Chris on the show. I was really happy to hear that you've listened to a couple of episodes. So you know the format. We're going to just jump right in the pool here and get right into the truth prescription. Do you want to do personal or professional? I guess we could do whichever one you you like. I guess personal is probably a little better because I really love the mindset stuff. And I think no matter what it is you do professionally, you've got to have the mindset right to be successful. Yeah. Mindset's everything, man. It is. It really is. Everything. Okay. We'll jump into the personal. So tell the listeners, Chris, a story where there was a truth that you either were ignoring or that you just weren't aware of. That once you were able to accept it or really grasp onto, okay, this thing is happening and I'm going to accept it as happening, that you were able to break through to the other side? That's a great question. And I guess to tie in with what you were mentioning in the bio about me, how I had some revelations when I went to the corporate world about it not being what I wanted for myself. I found a lot of truth through that journey because I guess after college, I went to go work for three and a half years. And I just thought this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, you go to school, you get a degree, you get a good job in your field of study and you kind of just work there forever, you know, go up the ladder and then retire at some point, make some investments, buy a house, have a nice family. And I was just tunnel vision. You know, I just saw all my friends doing the same thing. They get a nicer car every year. The rat race continues. Yeah. Then I stumbled across a few podcasts and books that started opening my eyes to the truth that had been there the whole time, Interesting. but that I wasn't aware of, right? Okay. So you, I read like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, for example, yep. uh, another book called The Millionaire Fast Lane, where they talk about, you know, you're never going to be a millionaire or successful if you don't have your own assets and your own business. And if you're working for someone else, you're just trading time for money. Yeah. And all of these things started to make so much sense that, of course, I had to kind of jump ship and then find my own path and forge my own destiny, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. 
When I heard you earlier, when you were talking, you used the word rat race. I knew you had re- read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> That's like yep, a you know, yep. cat, catchphrase <laughs> for Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For my listeners who haven't read the book, you need to read the book. But basically, it's a book about written by Rob Kiyosaki 155 years ago, a long time ago. And uh, where he basically <laughs> describes his rich father and his poor father and the really the attributes that each one had that made them what they were, why his rich dad was rich, why his poor dad was poor. And the poor dad is like, you know, 85% of us in terms of the way we handle our money, our finances, our lives. So, you know, it's, it's, it's so amazing. Like I always talk about this because I'm now just, I mean, we're going to get into this later, but I'm doing, you know, a lot of the Hal Elrod stuff with the, you know, getting up early, doing the savers and all that stuff. And I know you Mm -hmm. do that as well. And um, every day, but none of this, I'm like, I'm 43 years old, right? Why didn't learn any of this when I was in high school (laughs) or even elementary school or even, you know, middle school, like basic money management, the basic, you know, self-development things. And I think, Chris, unfortunately, the answer is society is really geared towards making employees. It's not really geared towards making entrepreneurs. I mean, what do you think about that? Absolutely. I agree completely. I've read, uh, Seth Godin's book, Lynchpin. Okay. I don't know if you read that I one yet. I, I kept hearing people tell me, Seth, you got to read his books. So I picked up a uh, Lynchpin recently. I think I read it back in May because I was uh, on a trip in Bali with my girlfriend and I had that book with me. Okay. And it was such a great book. And he talks about being, no matter where you are, even if you're uh, an employee in a company, you want to be so important that they can't let you go. You add so much value wow. that you are the linchpin of the business. Wow. But in that book, he's really talking about how we've been trained to be cogs in a wheel, to be employees in a factory, basically, where, you know, all the successful entrepreneurs and the industrial revolution and all of that, they kind of were the people who created schools and formalized education to train for specialized skills so that we can be cogs in this machine that Mm. is the factory. Uh, And it's really breaking out of that eventually and starting to self-educate, learn more about yourself, your possibilities and realize that you can do much more than just go to work and be like, you know, a nurse or an RN or whatever it yeah. is that you, that you want to do in life. Like you don't have to be pigeonholed in a certain category or bucket. Yeah, man, it's crazy. And you would think like, for instance, you mentioned nurse and, and I went to medical school. I'm an emergency room physician. I was talking to one of my colleagues yesterday and we were just talking about how we're although there's a certain amount of prestige that, you know, you get with certain degrees, like we're really just cogs in a wheel of this, you know, multi-billion right. dollar healthcare industry <laughs> moving, you know, moving the process along. But, you know, the people that are at the top, a lot of them haven't, didn't even go to school to do what, we, what we're doing. So. Exactly. Or people don't even use their degrees. Like I, I left, I'm in real estate now, you know, supply chain was great. <laughs> I learned a lot, but I guess, you right. know, I'm not even using it anymore. Yeah, dude, that supply chain stuff. Oof, I took a supply chain, <laughs> those damn uh, um, uh, equations of how to figure out how to go from, uh, no, never mind. Yeah, yeah. And then saving, <laughs> saving pennies lot. here so you can save money at scale and right. logistics. And, right. Oof. And now I'm going into like houses that are falling apart. Like, okay, you know, uh, <laughs> this house hasn't been lived in for 10 years. And I think <laughs> I might fall through the floor. Right. And I made a joke about that on the social media story the other day. I was like, you don't need a college degree for this. Right. And I think it was a deal that like the, the team I was working with made like $10,000 on in two weeks. Nice. And I'm just like, man, this is crazy. I know people who are millionaires and successful that don't have their degree. I know there's that debate too. Is college worth it or not? Oh, that's a whole nother podcast, Chris. That's a whole podcast on its own. It could be a whole 
textbook. <laughs> yeah, especially with the, I guess, the self-education movement that's going on right. in the last 10 you years. You can learn so much on YouTube. YouTube and Khan Academy yeah. and all this stuff. I don't yeah. know. I don't. We don't want to ruffle too many feathers here, but mm, I don't true. know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Chris, let's jump into the um, to your professional truth. Um, again, in your professional life, you know, from the corporate world, even to what you're doing now, describe to us a situation, a scenario where you know there was a truth that you, once you understood it and once you realized it, you accepted it and you were able to to make some strides. That's another good question because there's so many different truths that we find in at different points of our life too, right? So one truth that I found, and it was kind of like a, a bitter truth, I mm. guess, hard to, a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. I think I saw the video and I always have references and examples and quotes from other entrepreneurs I learned from. Sure. But I saw a video from Gary Vee saying, everything's your fault. Like literally yeah. everything's your fault. Yeah. And I know some people have say that, oh, well, you know, this happens to like a hurricane. Like Houston's got flooding going on in some areas right now. So I was kind of looking at my phone because I could see some high water on some people's Facebook pages. My uh, part of town's are good for uh, so far, but okay. like that arguably is not my fault because the weather's crazy. But when you take a level of responsibility, kind of like sure. um, Jocko Willing talks about too, extreme ownership, Yep, you're able to control your life and your situations and your destiny rather than playing the victim. Because I have sure. so many friends and they're like, I can't do this because of this. And like, well, I don't know this, so I can't do that. And they don't do anything because they're playing the victim. So yeah. that was a huge truth for me is that I need to take responsibility and accept ownership of everything in my life. That's great, man. Which is so cool because it actually leads me to my first question, which is talk to us about the abundance versus the scarcity mindset. Oh, I love this. And this was something that I, I wish I was learned in school. I, I really... Maybe I'll have to be a professor sometime and teach a class on abundance, but I'm telling you, man, abundance versus scarcity. We live in a world where I guess some people think that to be successful, you have to step on others and that if I'm winning, someone else is losing. Yeah. But in the world of abundance, when you see things from that perspective, we live in a world of endless abundance where there's so much value creation that can happen. So many synergies, we can work together. I don't have to step on you to get to the next level. We can both get there together. Yeah. And when you work like that, it's kind of like the one plus one equals three, I guess is how I've heard it said. Instead of one plus one equals two, it really equals more than that because you're leveraging each other's experiences and knowledge and background to do more than you'd be able to do just on your own. So I guess if that makes sense, I didn't really have a nice one sentence yeah. definition. <laughs> no, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and it, it, it goes to what we were talking about in your professional truth about people having a scarcity mindset where, you know, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I had a, like a serious, serious paradigm shift uh, maybe about a year ago when I started. And I forget whose book this was I read. I think it was um, The Alter Ego by Todd Herman. But it okay. talks about like that paradigm shift where, you know, I think part of the, I call it the success treadmill is that you're running on this treadmill. Like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get better. I gotta get better. I gotta get better. And there's this inherent sense that where you are now is not good or where you are now has somehow scarce. And I think if you operate from the standpoint of the world's abundant, like, you know, the world's my oyster, basically, you know, it's like, right. I'm standing on top of this mountain. I've got everything in front of me and let's get it versus, oh my God. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do this because you know it's it's just a completely different approach and perspective to uh, to kind of live from. So that's why Absolutely. you know mindset is everything. 
I heard you talk in one interview about your vision board, how you have a vision board and you look at it and that those types of things help you stay in sort of that abundance mindset. Like this is kind of where I am. This is kind of where I want to get to. And it's just, it's almost a daily reminder, but it's really about that, that programming, you know, that mental programming on a day, on a day to day basis. My second question is more of a a technical question for any podcasters who might be listening, because I think it's pretty impressive that you were able to grow your show. We'll give it a a plug here, the Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast, that you were able to grow it to, you're getting 19,000 downloads. And that's freaking impressive, Chris. Like, we're just scratching maybe six, seven hundred here. So yeah. tell me <laughs> and tell the people <laughs> the secret. how you were able to uh, <laughs> to do that, uh, because that's what it's about. Ultimately, man, it's about impact. It's about getting your message to the, the largest amount of people as possible, because otherwise, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, right, right. That's a great question. And even even I sometimes wonder how exactly <laughs> I did it. I'm trying to look for you know answers and like, OK, because. I'm sure um, you've experienced this as well. Like when I first started it, I just started sharing on my social media. I posted to Facebook, put it on my Snapchat story, on my Instagram story. Yeah. And literally for months, it was like my mom and like one other person liked it. <laughs> and it had, I looked at the chart in my podcast uh, hosting platform and it was showing like five downloads a month and for three or four months in about eight or nine months in it spiked and I hit like 500 and I was like, Whoa, that's cool. Okay. And I was excited to see this. And I think even in my Instagram, I had a little story of the history of the podcast growth. Okay. And I was so excited because I had, a, I hit 125 downloads one month. Wow. And then from that point on, within a year later, you, like you said, I hit the 19,000 and I was like, whoa. Okay. I remember being excited about 500 and how did I get here? <laughs> and what I tell other people is that I just did it by staying consistent. I never missed an episode. I continued to post. I shared it on Instagram. I never did any paid advertising. I started to reach out to more people like yourself to be Got interviewed it. on my show, to get on their show. And it's been a really organic uh, movement of people sharing content that they love to hear and that they resonate with. And if I'm being honest, I think that the fact that I named it Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast, that might have helped the SEO because like, okay. say you're looking for motivation and you're an yeah. entrepreneur and you type that in, um, mine comes up number one, which uh, has probably helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's that's critical. So yeah. So name, constant posting, and being consistent. So do you think, because I noticed you have a lot of, and one thing we're, we're trying to um, change a little bit with this show, you post a lot of, you do a lot of personal posts. Yeah, I noticed that, you know, you're with your girlfriend in Bali, you know, you're with your mastermind group guys and y'all are hanging out, you're doing some videos. So I think that also may be something that's helping you as well. Just that people get that personal touch, you know, they they can actually feel CB, you know, Chris Bell. Absolutely. And there's been some of that internal debate and I've talked about on previous episodes where I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm struggling. I'm not sure what I want to do, even when I named the show, it was like, I just needed motivation for myself. So I created the podcast and some people are very niche specific, you know, how to flip cars, how to fix and flip cars or like houses. <laughs> and I, I find that those are great if you're trying to learn that topic, but it's not, it's not quite developing me as much as I'd like in all areas. Yeah. But when I see content, I think the biggest inspiration that I love right now is Tom Bilyeu with Impact Theory. If you've seen that show, I haven't, I watch every single episode. He's got great YouTube videos. And I think the studio is just set up in his house. Okay. He invites guests over and it's a really good setup. Like if you check out Impact Theory, 
the newest videos that have been coming out. He's hit over a million subscribers in I think two years or something. Wow. Um, Impact. And he theory. was the founder of uh, Quest Nutrition, like the Quest bars. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Or a co-founder, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, when you have cachet like that, or you know, a, a history like that, it's a, it's it's a little bit easier to gain a following. For grassroots, definitely. Like for somebody like us, you know, no one really knows us. Yeah, didn't have a social media following other than my friends from high school. Like, how do you start and grow from there? Right. And I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but I know I'm I'm modeling success and keeping an eye on what are the people who are sure. in places that I want to be. What are they doing? What are they posting? And, a lot of them do post a few personal things, inspiring things here and there too. Sure. And modeling yeah. others that have been successful, that's important. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Cool. Yep. So Chris, your motto, which I love, is less dreaming, more doing. Talk about it. that all the time. You share that. What would you say to someone who's listening to us right now who may be stuck in the the dreaming part, right? If yeah. you could give them a three-step process to go from dreaming to doing, what would, what would that be? Three-step process. Okay, that's that's good. I've never really put it into a three-step process. <laughs> I, know you I probably have. <laughs> that's a good way to put me on the spot. But I'd say if I were to do it in three steps, yeah. first, it's important to have that dream. Like, what is your dream? What is it that you want to do? You have to know like your end goal, right? If yeah. you don't have a dream, like I didn't have a dream when I was in the corporate world. I was just showing up every day and I didn't really knew, like know where I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, well, your dream was to get a promotion. That was your dream. My dream was to get a promotion, kind <laughs> of. You know, I was getting paid pretty good, but right. I don't know. I just wanted more, right? So then yeah. my dream became freedom, like time freedom, be able to do whatever I want. So I'd say first step is to have a dream. Second, to take that from just a dream to an actual goal is to set a, set some dates and some timelines. Okay. There's a really cool quote I've heard before. A dream without a goal is just a dream. Yeah. Or no, a dream without a deadline is a dream. A dream okay. with a deadline becomes a goal. Got it. And so that would be step two is to make sure you have some goals. And then I'd say step three, kind of like what I mentioned before, is to model success because a lot of us try to reinvent the wheel. I know I did. Yeah. Um, I try to do everything on my own. I watched a few YouTube videos, but it wasn't until I started finding people who've been successful where I want to be and becoming you know, closer to them and seeing how they did it, who they talked to. That's when I started to see more success much faster. Got it. Okay. So yep. have the dream, figure out some goals and then model some goals and then model and goals model that have success. been successful. Right. Which is really, if you think about it, which is really the plan, right? That's the plan. Because yeah. that's what you're looking at. What is the plan? How did, what's their framework, their network? How do they get right. to from step A to step B? So it's really dream, figure out your goal and then plan for it. And cool. I'd say that, that dream's still really important because you have to be motivated, right? You have right. to have something that you're working towards other than right. other than just showing up the next day, getting a little promotion. Like it's got to be more important. Otherwise, you're not going to wake up out of bed excited to do it every day. Yeah. It's so interesting because I heard you, um, you were talking and you said you were talking about how when you got ready to, to leave your corporate job, like as a young dude, you had saved like 60K, right? Which is yeah. like pretty. I thought it was balling. It was yeah. like 600K to like, me. Right. <laughs> Which is pretty I'm awesome. I'm like, all right, we're moving to Greece. Right, right. <laughs> Santorini, <laughs> yeah. Um, Buy an island or something, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And then you realize, like, you know, you, you traded your money for time. You got a nice nest egg. But you still, at some point, realize, you know, I could save 600000 but I got to get out of this place because this is not right, really right. fulfilling who Chris Bello is on the inside. So it's important. Exactly. And I realized that it finally made sense that money is not the end game. Yeah. Because I remember in college, I'd see 
I think I had an economics teacher. It's kind of messed up, but she was very blunt and funny. She'd be like, raise your hand here. Who here wants to be a teacher? And, you know, like a couple people raise their hand. Right. And uh, <laughs> she was joking and was like, hey, look at these people. Don't marry them. They're not going to make any money. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang, that's that's cold. That's, but that's, that's hilarious. I was always thinking like supply chain, my degree, average salary, 50, 60K out of college. Great. But once I got the job and I had the signing bo- sign-on bonus, 8K, I realized 8K sign on bonus. Certain, yeah, after a certain amount, you're like, this doesn't matter, dude. I have yeah. no time to use any of this money or to travel. I'm I'm just working all the time. Yeah. And then I realized that my teacher friends were very smart because they get summers off and I'd rather have less money and more yeah. time. And yeah. that's exactly why I left. Yeah. It's really the greatest commodity. Exactly. Not money. Time is precious. Precious. This interview is flowing nicely because again, we got a nice segue into my next question, which is about productivity. <laughs> Talk about there time. We go. Time is money, man. Time is money. <laughs> so you and I both have read um, uh, Miracle Equation and we're doing our Miracle Morning and our Savers. Tell my listeners a little bit about productivity, why it's important, and also the importance of a foundational schedule, which Hal Elrod talks about. It's so important to time block and to create a plan for yourself because this happens to a lot of other friends that I have who they also decide to quit their job and pursue their own dreams and goals. And I have a friend, I just got a, I was going to say coffee, but we actually got Chipotle the other day. <laughs> <laughs> we ate a lunch together and he said that he just left his job and he's been out of it for two months. And he woke up on Monday and wasn't sure what to do. He's like, yeah. dude, what do I do? I have so much time. Like, yeah. I don't know. He, he like fixed a car. He has a car uh, passion. So I think he's been working on a car that he sold and flipped and, but he has no He's still in that new stage where he's probably wasting a lot of time sleeping in, staying up late. So my advice to people is to really, of course, once you have a vision, you have goals, you set some some targets that you want to hit. You've got to have a plan. You've got a time block. Yeah. I literally, once I uh, got into real estate, I was with a company for a little bit and now I'm like completely out on my own. Okay. And I immediately created a schedule. What do I want to do every day? Okay. From... 6.30 6.30 to 7.30 in the morning, I'm going to do my miracle morning routine. Read some book, you know, read a little bit of a book, do a little bit of exercise, uh, meditate, visualize, all of that stuff. Right. And then I'm going to, sometimes I go to the gym because I know miracle morning says to do 20 minutes of exercise. I might go to the gym and just do the full hour. Okay. Yeah. And so then next I. it's like lead generation, right? Like whatever, whatever it is important for you, like for podcasting, for example, it might be reaching out to one or two people and saying, Hey, I'd love to have you on my show sure. or I'd love to do a podcast swap so I can be on yours. Yeah. And um, I, I'm not sure if you time block for your show. I do. I, I, I do. You had Calendly, right? You had yeah. a nice booking link. That's good. Cause at first it was just like, Oh, you want to do a podcast? You want to talk tomorrow? Okay. Right. It was very like, whatever came, I said yes to. Right. But doing things like having booking links and setting parameters allows you to know like, okay, I do podcasts on Thursdays or Fridays and right. and that's it because right. I got to focus on other stuff throughout the week. Otherwise, you don't get stuff done. Yeah. No, it's, it's so important. For people that don't know what the savers are, let's just list them. And I may, may list them out of order, but S... I, I always forget until I've said it enough times now on different shows where I, I actually remember. But the first S is for silence. silence. I recommend yes. five minutes of like being silent, thinking about gratitude, maybe scribbling some gratitude stuff in a journal, right? right? A is affirmation. A is for affirmations. Right. And he also suggests five minutes on there. And it's, you know, if you make it your own, however long you want to spend on each thing. Sure. Of course, the V, visualization, That's right? right. Visualization. I literally look at my vision board and how it talks about in the book is uh, 
visualizing your perfect day. Like what would your perfect day today look like? Right. You know, successful meeting, pitching a product, pitching your startup. What does success look like and and smile and like visualize it working out the way that you want. Right. And that's awesome because you're like, man, I already had the great day before it happened, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Like I'm ready to dominate. The E is for exercise and how says, you know, 20 minutes or so. Sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll go, like you said, we'll go to the gym for an hour or whatever. The R is for reading. Reading, yeah, some reading 20 minutes there. And you'd be surprised. 20 minutes doesn't sound like a lot of reading. Like, oh, yeah. But you realize people haven't read a book since like high school summer reading. Yeah. And it adds up fast. I've been flying through books. I read like a book a week sometimes, uh, two depending on how long they are. Right. And just that morning daily ritual of reading has helped so much. And then savers, the last, uh, like the last, S. the last S is for scribing. Writing. So, yeah, scribing. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he just put the S for scribing cause it fits in the savers acronym, sure. but basically that's journaling, uh, writing down, being intentional. You know, what, what did you learn? What's something that you might've just read in the book that you, you took away? Yeah. Something you want to implement today. And that has been amazing. Like I, I, I haven't missed a day this year of that morning routine. It's fantastic. I've been doing it probably about two months now. And and just so we clarify for the listeners, this is something that should be done in the morning, right? Yeah. Before absolutely. your day gets going, if you have kids like I do, before your kids get up, for your responsibilities. So I typically get up for me around five and go to the gym for about 45 minutes to an hour, come back. And then I spend from really around six to seven doing all those all those other things. Yeah. And as Chris said, like, you would be surprised, like just little short time locks, like my, my uh, personal education learning, I'll do just do 10 minutes a day, but I've been getting through books and I mean, all kind of stuff. But the main thing is that each and every day I'm going back over my plan. Like what is my plan? And I'm seeing it every day. And I think you even talk about this, Chris. Uh, I think I saw this in the mastermind that it's just about improving 1% per day. You don't have to make every single huge, day, <laughs> right? Every single day. Exactly. You don't have yeah. to make these huge um, leaps and bounds. It's just about consistency. And I've even found with um, with my workouts have become a lot more productive now because I'm just improving a little bit, a little bit every day. I'm not right. injuring myself. A lot of times, you know, I'd be inconsistent with my workout. And so I'd go in there one time and, all right, today I'm going to be... Trying to lift. Right, right. Ah, oh, oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Pull my shoulder. There it is. <laughs> You know, so, um, oh, yeah, it's that part I found that that nuance of a little bit every day and being consistent that's been fantastic, right? And it's not like the sexy thing, right? People no. want to see overnight success, they yeah. don't want to, they don't want to hear that it took 10 years to become successful, yeah, or to grow a business. But yeah. I mean, it is harder in today's day and age, right? Because we have everything we're like in the microwave, uh, ramen noodle 60 seconds and everything's done sure um, but that's not how you know fitness works it's it's like a very long slow process most in most cases you know chris even for you i know your one of your goals at least uh, what you mentioned was that you want to obtain a net worth of about 10 million right so i look at it very simply like you take you know a thousand dollars you 10x it to a hundred thousand you you take a hundred thousand you 10x it to a million there. and you take your yep. million you 10x it to 10 million it's a and now slow I'm process. Ten million is too small, too. Right, you, right. You get your paradigm to shift. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Tony Robbins, you listen to some of that, and I'm like, ten million. That's not enough. You know, why not make it a hundred million? Grant Cardone, too. Right? I don't know if you've listened to Grant Cardone. He talks about oh, that. Yeah. Where like he's like a million dollars is nothing. He's like, if you have a million dollars and somebody sues you, you're toast. He said. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah. his number is about about 10 million as well. But some people say 5 million. Around there is where you can be, be sort of comfortable in America, where you can handle, it's almost like a prize fighter. You can handle those blows and right. still and still return return a punch because he was talking about even himself when he got sued and something you know this his his legal fees were several million dollars right that's insane so, and i know a lot of people will probably hear this and be like well chris i thought you said money doesn't matter why do you want 10 million dollars right. it's just like i wanted to set some kind of five-year goals for myself and it seemed like a big lofty goal yeah and that's why i picked the number but i i guess under the underlying goal that i want is to have some kind of like 10, 10 grand in passive monthly income is one another goal of mine. Yeah. Because that would allow me to comfortably live. I think Robert Kiyosaki also talks about that. Once your passive income exceeds your expenses, you're essentially retired because yeah. yes. I can work if I want to or not. And my nice. bills are paid. I can eat. That's nice. I don't have to go into the office, right? People are trying to go into the office right now in Houston where it's like flooding, like one lady posted about it. And she's like internally debating with herself if she should try to drive through high water to get to wow. the office because she feels like she has to. Wow. And I'm here like, you know, I'm going to stay home today because it's a little crazy out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is exactly like what I want right. and, you know, working towards the 10 million number, but like I'm, I'm already on my way towards happiness today. Yeah. I think you talked about that on a podcast episode I just listened to is like, be hungry to get to that next level, but happy with where you are now, sure. right? Absolutely. So like, I'm happy with everything I, I have and where I'm at, but I yeah. still, I'm still pushing for more. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, cool. So speaking of that, my last question for you is, when is the optimal time for someone to quit their job? Man, I, I don't know if you hear that thunder. Yeah, I can. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. It's like, this is kind of a spooky answer, guys. <laughs> Halloween's coming up. <laughs> Lightning in the background. I'll say... It depends on your personal situation because I think no. I even talked about this as my podcast progresses. At, at the beginning, I used to say like, you know, if you hate your job, if it kills you inside to go into work, just quit it. You know, Gary Vee says it too. You can always get another job. But I was a little rash. You know, I quit the job. I made some investments foolishly, like the 60 grand I had saved. I put 40 into a product that my friend and I had uh, invented. Yeah. And patents, yeah. We got patents and manufacturing and we've had some snags where it's kind of literally on the shelf. Like I don't want to put more money into it at this point. And so it's basically put 40 grand into a black hole and I'm not sure when it's going to come out. So that put me in a bind where I was like, well, I've been used to a good lifestyle of not having asked my parents for help. And now I'm, I'm kind of tight again. I found my way into real estate. Right. So I know some people who have taken that leap and they've got kids and they're the sole provider for the family and they really put themselves and their family in a little bit of a bind. Yeah. So the optimal time, I would say, if you have more responsibilities, obviously the more responsibilities, the less risk you should probably take because that affects your kids and your family sure. is to try to build whatever it is that you're doing on the side to a level that can sustain you. Because I was all optimistic. Oh, I'm going to make money in three months if I quit and focus on it full time. Yeah, it didn't happen. Four or five, six months later, I'm like, savings are dropping, right? <laughs> right. What no. am I going to do? Like yeah. sell some stuff on Amazon? Yeah. Flip some stuff from garage sales. But like, you know, 200 bucks isn't going to replace your full income. No. So I would say, yeah, make sure to, to assess your current situation. How much risk can you take and tolerate? Yeah. And then make sure that you have some savings, you know, six months of savings, a year of savings if possible. And then really slim down too. Like I was willing to move in with my parents and cut all my costs sure. um, if I had to, right? I, if it came down to it, I don't mind kind of humbling myself to do sure. that. So sure. 
it, it kind of is an independent answer. I wouldn't say there's a perfect optimal solution or time to quit your job, but it really just depends on where you're at and how much risk you can take. Yeah, I think we may have touched a little bit on it in the in the last segment when we talked about essentially your passive income exceeding your expenses. That may be a little bit of a compass to okay, we're in the right, going in the right direction. I'm going to tell a, a a quick story very similar to yours. I don't think you noticed about me, but I also have a have actually three patents on a medical device that I've been working on for awesome. about about awesome. three years. And um, I had put you know probably over the last three years a hundred grand into it. Patents are expensive. It's um, and they're and so I, expensive, and they don't guarantee anything other no, than the protection. It's like no. that doesn't mean you're going to sell it, right? right or manufacture yeah. it. Yeah, I'm pro- yeah. protecting a wet T-shirt. Who cares about the wet T-shirt? <laughs> um, so yeah, but I went ahead and like had a tool made and in China and had it shipped and started manufacturing. I was talking to some investors. It looked like I was going to be able to raise the requisite amount of money to commercialize it. And I started like the beginning of this year. I like completely cut back from work for like three months because I'm like, I'm going to focus on this deal. I'm going to make this deal happen, you know, and I'm going to be making, you know, passive income, you know, in two months. It did not happen. I feel you. By the end of, uh, by the end of or beginning of March, kind of like what you were talking about, I'm seeing my savings go. And I had no money coming in. I'm just like, (laughs) damn. And I was like, uh, what the hell? What next? Yeah. Do I like drive Uber on the side? Like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, and I really felt like, uh, you know, not to get too, uh, too graphic here, but like I, I blew my load. I was like, what in the, (laughs) what in the world is going on here? But so premature. I mean, that was premature ejaculation for sure. And for sure. uh, Huh? I, I felt that too on my own product and I have a friend who just launched an Indiegogo and I was like, dude, I, he's like, once we, once we raise a million dollars, it's going to happen. And I, I don't, I'm, I'm totally like a hundred percent like, dude, dream big, take yeah. big action. Yeah. I don't want to like, be like, you know, a million dollars is kind of a lofty goal. Yeah. So I didn't tell him that, but deep down, you know, we all have self-doubt even with our own goals. Sure. I did, you know, I launched my Kickstarter campaign, like we're going to make it. And then after like a week, we'd only raise like a thousand dollars of our eighty-five thousand dollar goal. And then I was kind of like, maybe we're not, you know? Like it, it just is what it is, and you gotta keep coming up and showing up every single day, even yeah. whenever life keeps kicking your teeth in sometimes, like it is to us sometimes, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's so right now, are you kind of putting that on the back the back burner? No, yeah. no, I've sort of pivoted. I went back there to we uh, to work, but I pivoted. And um, the guys that I was trying to negotiate this deal with, it, it, they, they just wanted too much equity up front for the, for the amount of work they were going to do. And it just didn't make a mm-hmm. lot of sense. So I sort of pivoted to just really bootstrapping it slowly, 1% a day, right? Getting, some, getting day. some sales partners. Because I've got some sales. I got it in, in, in one hospital not too far from here. But awesome. just slowly but surely, you know, getting some sales partners. I've reached out to several distributors. So I'm just going to just do it small locally. And even earlier this week, uh, I had a, a conversation with another um, a, another investment bank, another a connection. My dad went to BU and he's got like all these old school connection guys that are all doing great thing, things now. Yeah. Didn't you go to BU? No. No, you didn't go I to BU. I went to Texas A&M. I went to Texas yeah. A&M. So my point is I'm still kind of looking for that, all right, let's raise some money and commercialize, but I'm also... Right, right. I'm not focusing on it completely, and obviously, I'm working. I'm I'm back to back to working my normal, you know, my normal schedule. Because the other thing is, once I, you know, started doing the save the savers, I realized I needed to get a lot more granular with my finances in terms of. I mean, I thought Mm -hmm. I was focused before, but like I'm really focused now, and so I really need to 
to make sure I have a certain amount of income coming so that I can get debt free and then put my my income, the income that I am making in those vehicles to multiply, you know, the, the funds in order to, yeah. you know, get it to 5X, 10X, et cetera. That's the plan. And that's exactly where I was at with my own product, where I was like, it's not making me money. I don't want to get a job if I don't have to, yeah. or if I can avoid it. Yeah. But I need to make money if I'm going to solve these issues with the manufacturing and then market right. and bring right. on partners. So like, I couldn't just stay here and wait for me to figure things out without any money coming because right. it becomes important at a certain point where you can't pay your bills and put food on the table. Right. So yeah. same as you, where I'm focusing on the work and the income so that I can funnel that and feed that little baby, I guess is what I'll call exactly. my project Yeah, into the prosperous adult that I hope it will be. <laughs> yeah. I, I like it, man. I think it's a, it's similar to my project, my, my device in that is very, it's a simple idea, but it makes sense. And um, right. it's, it's practical. Give the website again. Um, I looked at it yesterday, but just give the website so that people can check it out. Yeah. If you guys want to check it out, the website for it, and I haven't been there in forever. So I sometimes check it to make sure it hasn't like crash or no, like, you it know, gone it. down. And the video is um, great. Explanatory video is great. Thank you. Yeah, we have a 3D printed model and everything, you know, so we were able to make the video without having to like render it. But the website's called flexthetics.com. It's kind of like athletics, but, you know, flex, we wanted it to sound like fitness. So F-L-E-X-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.com. And that's been on the back burner to be honest with you, but I'm kind of inspired again now that I got the patent back, you know, the actual the whole packet and everything. Yeah, yeah, the little gold, gold, the book with the gold leaf on the front. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna reach out to some some uh, competitors and see if they would be interested in doing a licensing deal because yep. they've got the the you know the engineers, the the tooling, yep. manufacturing capabilities yep. versus me over here, you know, sitting in in my little house in Houston, just like. <laughs> <"Huh?"> <laughs> that's a that's a good way to do it. I started also trying to do licensing deals. I ho- I hope you're successful. What I found with thank with, you with a lot of times is that. If you don't have some sales, they're they're not interested. Yeah, because that's, um, that's the challenge is like yeah. we're we're at that point where we're so close, right? But the tooling has had issues uh, where I'm like, I don't want to put another fifteen grand into right. a tooling that I don't know if it'll work or not. Uh, but yeah. thank you for that for the heads up because I haven't even explored it at all, so I'm really not sure what to expect. But you know, watching some Shark Tank and stuff to like get motivated, <laughs> that's like. Right. They got a licensing deal. That's right. That's right. Give us a wonderful out on it or something, right? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. But congrats, man, on getting into a hospital. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. You just scale up from there. Yeah, yeah. Slow, you know, day by day, you know, day by day, bit by bit. 1% at a time. Inch by inch, man. 1% (laughs) at a time, exactly. No home home runs. Just, you know, first downs. Little first downs. Dude, this this has been great. Yeah, man. (laughs) Absolutely. Despite the technical difficulties and the crazy... (laughs) Thunder and lightning going on behind me. <laughs> That's right. It's like, hmm, should you quit your job? I'm like, I hate to be driving through this floodwater used to, to a job I hate. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Where we're having this wonderful conversation here in the comfort of our, our homes. I'm assuming is that your home office, right? Yeah. Or yeah. You're, I'm you're in my, the office. Yeah. This is like my uh, studio, my studio, like creative space. I come I from it. a music production background and went to the okay. high school for, for music. So yeah, like on this side, I have like my little recording area, and then this side's like the podcast area. Actually, my Man, uh, I love recording it. And, and and video editing because I do some video editing. I produce films, and it's just a whole another thing. It, it's whole so other fun conversation. to be on the creativity side, right? Like that's Absolutely. I really admire people who focus on work that they love. That's really really creative versus yeah. technical. You need a little bit of everything, but like the creative stuff is just like whoa. 
yeah. creating something from nothing is yeah. just so amazing. Yeah. Well, that's what you did with your show, right? There was no, there was yeah, no Chris Bello, uh, motivated entrepreneur, you know, uh, show, motivation. Yeah. There was nothing there. There's nothing there. So it's, it's all the same. Right. It's all the same. Yeah. We all got to start from somewhere. And it's weird too, because when you're so used to putting yourself in a box, you got a degree like, okay, I know this, this is my specialty. I have yeah. to do this. Yeah doing something else you're like who are you to create a podcast like i've never created a podcast i don't i'm not qualified but like we said all you need is a voice and a mic and then you're ready to go that's it you know one great point you made on one of your interviews which um i talk about sometimes i'm going to repeat it here is you know we are born we go to school and school tells us kind of what to learn where to go when you know where to be you got to be in school this time this time same thing happens in college. Then you graduate and you go to your job and your job tells you where to be from this time to this time. So when you kind of get out of that paradigm and you're like, oh, shit, I have to direct my own life now. <laughs> you know, it can be a little crazy. But um, I think you're doing a fantastic job. And um, I think we're both Thank doing you. fantastic jobs. And uh, we will continue. So, Chris, tell the people how they can reach out, learn more about you, uh, learn more about the uh, uh, Entrepreneur Motivation Podcast and, um, you know, just uh, where they can get get a little more touch point. Little, they can touch Chris a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah, and I was just like reaching for my charger because I'm at 6% on my phone. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> is it going to just cut off on me or am I going to be good? But, yeah, you can reach me at chrisbello.com, just C-H-R-I-S, B as in boy, E-L-L-O.com. Dope. Dope. From there, you'll find all my social media handles. My easiest, my most active one, I'm on Instagram, Chris Bello 9 Unfortunately, I just have like 9 because whoever the real Chris Bello is, like, I think they might have died. They just stole the account because I've messaged them like, dude, I will pay you for this. Please. Like when I'm a billionaire, I want to have this account. And, like yeah. no response, like no posts, nothing. Wow. So I'll just have to become hundred millionaire and buy Instagram and then, you know, <laughs> That's right. go from there. Your account <laughs> well, actually, Facebook the... already bought them, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, I'll just buy Facebook, I guess. <laughs> but... right. Why not? <laughs> and also, like you said, my podcast, the entrepreneur motivation podcast yeah. available on iTunes, Spotify, all those platforms. And I have a new episode every single Monday and love to get you on there soon too. Absolutely. I'll be, I'll be on, I'll be on a Monday. I'll be coming to a Monday uh, to you near you. A Monday quickly. near you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Pete, go check out um Chris's website. He's got a lot of great Thank information you. on there, especially about productivity. He's got some free downloads. He's got a ton of resources in terms of uh, books and other things that he's used to help him become more uh, efficient. So it's just it's a really a really great informational um uh, site. I appreciate so Chris, that, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Absolutely, and I'm going to sign off as I always do. The truth will set you free if you let it.